Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Bram Hilsman, host of the popular Warriors Huddle podcast. During our conversation, we discussed how the coronavirus will change our coverage this season, what James Wiseman and Draymond Green's positive coronavirus tests mean for the Warriors, and much, much more. Bram, thank you so much for joining me back on the podcast. Um, you know, we were going through a stretch there where I felt like I was having you on every week. Um, you know, and it, it's so easy for me to want to go to you every week because I love our conversation so much. But the past couple of weeks, I, I talked to a couple of my colleagues at the Chronicle, switched it up a little bit. But it's it's nice to have you back. How you been? I won't tell you that I've been sitting by the phone waiting for your call. I feel like that would make both you and the audience feel a little bit awkward. So I'll just say I've been fine and it's great to be back, man. Good, good. Um, in it's, it's kind of funny. The, the warriors are becoming a reflection of just the rest of our society. Right. I mean, the, and I guess they have been during this entire quarantine, but we're really feeling it now that they're trying to start back, up training camp, um, dealing with some of the issues that a lot of people are dealing in their day-to-day lives, just the testing, the protocols, uh, you know, having players absent because of the coronavirus. Um, how, how have you personally been dealing with uh, the recent surge in, in uh, COVID numbers in the Bay Area and what that's meant for the lockdown and, 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 and everything just in our day-to-day lives? fatigue is the hardest part of this, right? So the lockdown starts again this week. um, And practically speaking, it it didn't really mean a giant difference in my life. I wasn't, you know, taking Southwest flights or anyone. I've basically been on lockdown anyways, but I'm just fatigued by this at this point, Connor. Um, I, I, you know, the word vaccine is being floated around. Maybe there's a light at the end of this tunnel, but at this point, I'm just exhausted from dealing with it. You know what I mean? I mean, is that, is that true for you too? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just, it's frustrating, right? Because we're going in the wrong direction now. And it's like, we've already been dealing with this, with this for, for, nine months and I think how you mentally handle that when it's such an extended thing is okay it's going to get better just got to get through this it's going to get better just got to get through this it's got it's going to get better and then here we are nine months later and it's getting worse and so it's like what is is this ever going to end is this is this is this just our new reality forever I mean it's it's uh it's it's frustrating and I, I imagine it's even more frustrating for uh, an NBA team that's starting to trying to start a season and, and dealing with all these hiccups. What even bleeds into the way I watch television, you know, like if I'm watching a movie and it has some scene where there's more than 10 people within three feet of one another, I'm like, you know, what's going on? Like, that's so dangerous. And then you immediately think, Oh, this must've been filmed before COVID and the whole nine yards. Um, so yeah, no, this, this is weird. Uh, continues to be weird. I thought maybe, well, geez, if, if you had asked past Bram, I probably would have told you it would have been done by now. Um, I thought maybe I'd be used to it by now. I'm not, man. This sucks, but thankfully, at least we have Warriors basketball coming back to our life, you know, and something else to focus some of this nervous energy on. Yeah, no, that that's that's definitely true. I know for me, um, it has been nice just to get into a routine where um, I have 
pertinent things to write every day. Again, you know, a lot of COVID for me from a professional standpoint was just trying to find things to put on the internet to be completely candid with you. Um, was just trying to find any storyline that was somewhat relevant, even if it wasn't directly related to the Warriors. Um, now, uh, you know, we got training camp, we got a season coming, we, we got a, a global pandemic that this team is dealing with. So there is zero shortage uh, of, of, content uh things for me to to write um one of the just just to kind of i think it's important to kind of give the listener an idea of what my job looks like right now because i know as a consumer as a reader as a listener of podcasts you're you're out there you're you're doing the same stuff you're hopefully reading my stuff on sf chronic you're hopefully listening to this podcast uh but you don't necessarily know what goes into it and the um the reality for, for media has completely changed as well. I'm basically covering this team completely remotely. I mean, I'm covering it from my apartment in Alameda. Um, I'm doing Zoom calls every day with Steve Kerr and a couple players. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to, to other sources on the phone, uh, just trying to trying to differentiate my coverage, right? Trying to write something that's a little bit different than every single other person since we're all getting this, basically the same information at this point. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what my day is looking like. It's just a couple Zoom calls uh, and then writing from my apartment all day. Um, and, you know, we're going to start going to home games. Uh, I will be at the, the preseason opener on Saturday at Chase Center. Still have not gotten any information from the Warriors on what testing looks like or, or any of that. Um, and here we you're are. In, in person? Uh, just to make sure I'm hearing you right. You're there in person? I'll be there in person Saturday um, at Chase Center. How um, many people will be there with you? Like, is it the full uh, beat writing crew? Like, how did, did you uh, I was told that they're going to limit the media uh more than normal um and it, it probably will just mainly be the the core beat guys uh yeah. they basically told me all, all all we can handle from the chronicle is you and a photographer um huh. which is which is totally fine for my colleagues i don't think any of them honestly had a desire to go um we're not getting we're not getting a lot of, out of actually being at the home games uh because there's you can't go on the event level there's no access beyond zoom calls um, all the only real benefit of being there is just to actually see the game in your own eyes. Um, yeah. you know, there's some benefits to that. I don't think there's actually a, as much as you might think. Uh, but I'm going to go just as, as a partly because I just kind of feel like it's part of doing my due diligence as a beat writer, you know, to, to take as much access as I can. So I'll, I'll be at every home game. Um, and then, I'll actually be in Sacramento for the two road games just to see what it looks like on the road. And it's obviously a, a short drive up the sack. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the entire opening road swing where they're going to Brooklyn and the nationally televised Christmas day game with, with Milwaukee and all that, I will be covering that from my couch and uh, I'll be doing the best I can. You know, uh, I, I don't think it's hurt my coverage that much so far. I, readers might disagree, but you know, the, everyone's kind of in the same boat here. Uh, the play-by-play guys, the the TV people, they're not traveling either. Uh, they're doing all this remotely, which in some ways is even harder, I think, uh, to try to call an NBA game for a radio station 
when you're not actually at the game, I, I can only imagine how frustrating that would be. Um, our my colleague Bruce Jenkins actually had a good column about their plight and and how they're adjusting uh, in in the Chronicle today. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an adjustment, and I think for for me, one of the things I I, I miss out on the most is just when you're at the arena, and I tell everyone this you know, I travel normally during pre COVID times. I travel for reasons that go far beyond actually being at the game. I mean, the game itself and covering the game is honestly not the most important part about me being on the road. Uh, me being on the road is really about access, getting to know players and coaches, getting, getting people to the side when I need them. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's honestly invaluable when you're talking about just, not only source building but also breaking news and in my opinion maybe even most importantly just coming up with story ideas i get so many story ideas just from being around the team and noticing things right um and now i think i'm gonna have to really think outside the box and be more creative this season because i'm not gonna have the benefit of just being there that makes perfect sense to me um i'll i'm gonna work backwards but as far as lost opportunities i've had the pleasure of attending a couple warriors practices and that's kind of a misnomer right you don't actually get to watch the practice what happens is you show up to the arena the doors are closed while they're practicing then they open them up and you come in you get to witness the individual workouts and the idea is what they're doing is they're bringing you in so that you can ask questions to whoever the warriors put up on the podium but there is at least a 15 to 20 minute stretch before somebody goes and takes that podium where the press is allowed to kind of mill around and watch the individual workouts and what that is is a smorgasbord of stories you know i I remember when the hamptons five team was still together and kd and steph would work out on steph's court and have individual shooting drills Watching that was like, uh, I don't know, pay-per-view TV for somebody who wants to tell basketball stories. So if they're taking that away from you, of course, there's a downside to it. Um, Going back to where you started, I'm really anxious to read your piece and to talk to you about your experience during the preseason, man, because going to that, talk about like a dystopian experience, like watching 20 people about play basketball from the upper levels in an arena that is built for 20,000. And there's going to be like, I don't know, 20 of you in there. Um, that's going to be very strange. And I'm anxious to hear it. And the, the final thing I'll add is I think everybody listening can kind of associate with what you are right now talking about, with the difficulties that are going to happen within your job, because all of us have it. You know, to a certain degree, we've all kind of gone back to work, but we also kind of haven't. And this is a stupid analogy, but that's true for all of mine, Connor. It reminds me of diet soda, man. (laughs) I'm not a really big soda guy, you know, but I'll drink it occasionally. I hate diet soda. And here's why. It's not necessarily that it tastes completely different. It's there are some similarities to regular soda, but then the things that stick out, the, the small differences are humongous because of the similarities. And that's true, I feel like, for all of our jobs. Like, we recognize these little portions of them, but then other things that we've become accustomed to, that we're good at, that, you know, we look forward to are completely taken away. And it's those differences that, that stick out in our mind. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I, you are ready for it, Connor. I'm, I'm nothing but fired up and, uh, and optimistic about your way to get through this crap. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, I think um, 
I think what one of the one of the most important things for me uh, is just having one on ones um, and having you know sit downs with players and coaches in a one on one environment so I can make sure I'm getting uh, unique information and I'm telling unique stories and I will give the the Warriors credit uh, Ray Ritter the PR guy for the Warriors has been good about still providing that. Um, so I do feel confident that I'm going to still be able to tell, you know, the, the unique type of stories that are kind of my bread and butter. Uh, Cause if you look at my, you know, entering five years on the beat now, I've, I've kind of tried to make that my lane is, is, is getting at the human element of, 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 of this team uh, lifting the curtain and, and getting at, you know, what's going on in these people's personal lives and how, the, the, the locker room is coalescing and, and all those different things. And when you're not actually in the locker room, it's harder. But I do think I'm going to be able to achieve at least some measure of that just through the fact that I'm still going to be getting one-on-one interviews. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it, – it's, I am an – I like to think I'm a relatively optimistic person. And the, the glass half full part of this is that I actually – by not being on the road, I am going to be saving an incredible amount of time. Uh, I tell a lot of people the hard part, the hardest part about this job for me is that um, is not just, it's not actually the workload. It's, it's itself. It's cramming it in while you're trying to get from point A to point B, you know, it's writing that, you know, 1100 word uh, in-depth daily piece on a player while you're, hopping from plane to plane and, and doing, you know, on the layover and, and, and going through TSA and all that, that's the hard part. Um, so now that I don't have to, to do all that travel, I don't have to go through TSA. I don't have to hop from plane to plane. I actually have way more time. I also realized I was talking to Wes Goldberg about this the other day. I've realized how much time is wasted on a given day in this job, just waiting around, you know, you're waiting around for a player, you're, you're at the arena just kind of shooting the shit with people. There's a lot of that. And a lot of that is productive and valuable. But a lot of that, too, is uh, it, it kind of wastes time. And uh, I'm realizing that I'm actually in some ways going to be more efficient now that we don't have to do a lot of, of those things. I feel like I'm acting as your therapist. And I think it's been a very successful session, man. Um, I think you are ready to go. And also, I don't mind telling you as someone who would desperately like to attend any of those four preseason games you just mentioned, either in Sacramento or here. Enjoy it, dude. Enjoy it. You know, it's going to be hopefully maybe it will provide you some other storylines as well. We'll have more of my conversation with Bram Hillsman right after the break. Just as my life is different, uh, the the players actually have to go play NBA games during all this, which I honestly don't really envy in a lot of ways right now. Um, the Warriors uh, officially opened training camp practices on Monday. Uh, it was supposed to be Sunday, but um, ended up having to push it back a day because they had two players. We later learned they were Draymond Green and J- James Wiseman, uh, test positive for coronavirus, so they have to go through the league league, manda- na- league mandated protocols, which basically requires self quarantining for ten to twelve days, and then you can start to try to register to uh, negative coronavirus tests. Um, we don't know 
exactly when both of these players tested positive. All we know is that we, we found out about them on last Tuesday. Um, it could have been even earlier that they actually tested because they had started testing the previous Saturday. Um, all we really know right now is that James Wiseman is ahead of Draymond Green in terms of getting back. James Wiseman was approved to watch practice yesterday. Uh, with, he sat on the balcony overlooking the court at Chase Center the practice court at Chase Center with Zaza Pachulia and kind of going over what he was seeing. So I'm not honestly totally sure exactly what that means in terms of exactly how close he is to getting back, but it's definitely a positive sign. Um, Draymond has not been cleared to watch practice yet. Um, and honestly, if you're going to, if you're going to choose for one of these two guys to be back in the next couple of days, I would, I would actually prefer Wiseman. You know, you can obviously make the argument that Draymond's more important as a player, but Wiseman needs these, these reps more. Wiseman needs this training camp. You know, this is a guy who not only is a rookie, he has not played in a competitive game in over a year because he left Memphis early amid that NCAA suspension. Um, so he has not played a, a game since November, 2019 and, um, you know, he, he's a guy who could potentially be your starting center. You need him to n- understand where to be on the court. Uh, Draymond, meanwhile, I, I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, I think when he gets back, he'll be, and, you know, he'll, he'll adjust very quickly. I think the, the thing you're really losing from having him out there in training camp is just his ability to organize the defense and get guys in the right spots, you know, newcomers, because there are a lot of players learning this system right now. And Draymond is a great teacher when it comes to, especially the defense. He's basically the defensive quarterback, right? Um, I mean, what I'd love, so not having Draymond at a training camp setting isn't terrible for Draymond Green, the player. He knows exactly what this system needs of him. He knows exactly where his body needs to be. I have nothing but confidence that Draymond will be fine. But having Draymond Green, the player at training camp would be phenomenal for people like, for example, James Wiseman. I've read it. It's my understanding. So yeah, he's, he's watching practice and he's watching it with Zaza Pachulia. You know who I'd prefer Wiseman be watching practice with Draymond Green. Um, I'd, I'd love for him to be learning the rotations and that's true for somebody like Kelly Oubre too. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that Draymond's going to be barking orders on the court and I'd like that communication and that kind of facilitation to start right now. Uh, let me ask you a question and you, you may not have any clarity on it, but I, so I've read that same thing. I, I saw that they're, the Warriors are saying that Wiseman is, quote unquote, further along than Draymond is in COVID. What the hell does that mean, Connor? Uh, does that mean he's already taken one positive or one test and it came back negative? Does it mean he doesn't have any symptoms and Draymond does? Like, do you have any? any That's the frustrating thing is I honestly don't have an answer to that question. I mean, yeah. be, because of HIPAA, because of uh, privacy laws around all this stuff, they really can't provide us with a ton of that information. They actually didn't even want to tell us who was out. Um, but of course we were going to figure it out at some point. I mean, <laughs> if you go into the preseason with, without these two potential starters, we're going to notice and we're going to probably connect the dots as to why it was interesting Monday when they had their first official practice afterward, Steve Kerr talked to us and we, someone asked about James Wiseman's development. He's like, Oh, well, he's actually not available. And then someone asked about Draymond. Oh, he's not available. And then eventually Steve was like, look, you guys can connect the dots. Like I can't, yeah. I can't say it, 
but you guys know what's up and we're it's like not exactly okay. a murder mystery you know like i'm even just yeah. reading the the articles it says two players have tested positive the warriors can't tell who it is dot 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 james wiseman and draymond green also were unavailable and not with the team so like, oh. the only players on the team who are not available yeah, so. it's like i'm pretty sure you know you don't need to be an expert clue player to uh to pick up the breadcrumbs on that in particular mystery right right so uh <laughs> but um definitely just another setback for a team that's already reeling from the loss of clay thompson right uh so i, I think it's frustrating for for the warriors but the thing is, I think every team is dealing with this in some way, shape, or form. Last I checked, there were 50 positive coronavirus tests throughout the league. Yep. Um, some of some of those tests are affecting key players. So um, the Warriors are not alone in having to deal with a training camp without core members of their team. But I think the fact that it is Wiseman and, and out of every single player on this team, I think you would have probably gone into training camp saying that Wiseman needed it the most. Um, because he's the one, you know, rookie new guy who's who's going to be shouldering a big load here. I mean, Kelly Oubre is obviously new and going to be starting, but he is uh, he's at least been around a bit. And and I think there were some similarities to the offense he ran last year in, in Phoenix and what the Warriors are going to try to do. Um, so it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see a how long these absences last and how much it ends up affecting the Warriors at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the season because they they pull no punches at the beginning of that schedule. I mean, you're opening the season on the road at Brooklyn, a, a good Brooklyn team with a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, and then a couple of days later, you're playing a nationally televised showcase Christmas Day game at Milwaukee against Giannis. I mean, um, they're thrown they're being thrown into fire. And if you don't have a healthy Wiseman and, and green, it's hard to imagine you being competitive in those games. Um, and it also, I'm curious to see, you know, when Wiseman comes back, like how long does it take him to get his feet under him? Right. I mean, uh, that was a big storyline I was following and was going to follow in this training camp was who wins that starting center job, because, you know, you have Kevon Looney, who everyone's saying is healthy now. And then you have uh, Marquis Chris, who was, who finished last season super strong. I don't think it was a guarantee that Wiseman was going to be your starting center from day one, even though in some ways it would behoove the Warriors to, to kind of, you know, throw them in the fire a little bit. Exactly. I mean, this is the definition of a is what it is situation, right? Um, but if we had our druthers, would we like to have Wiseman in the fold and Draymond being able to teach him in training camp? Hell yeah, man. You know, the, the, not only does this put them at a disadvantage as far as those two matchups that we were talking about, um, the, the opener against Brooklyn and then the Christmas Day matchup against Giannis, but it also hurts their overall prospects at a playoff spot, right? So, I mean, the West is loaded this year, and the Warriors' moves show they are serious about trying to kind of maintain their standing, maybe not as an elite contender, but certainly as one of the teams the rest of the West has to worry about. And that means each one of these wins matter. You know, the, the back end of the West, probably four down at the end of the year could be separated by like three, four games. So if the Warriors come out and don't have the kind of chemistry we would like to see just from everybody participating in training camp, there's a downside to that. You know, there, there absolutely is. And I, I go back to where this long sentence started. It is what it is. There, there's nothing we can do. They've got to slowly bring them back. So hopefully they'll survive it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, 
in and I, I hate to be pessimistic here, but these these first few games might matter just from the fact that the Warriors could be struggling to get into the playoffs. And mm-hmm. you know, this is a very deep Western conference. And without Clay, I think there's a world where they're 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 fighting for that eighth seed. And you know, if it's close, you know, it might come down to a game or two. Um, you know, that that could also be true talking about home court advantage at the four seed. Um, I don't think it's realistic to say that this could matter in terms of their contention for the actual Western conference title. Um, I don't see that happening, uh, but Hey, you know, yeah, they're a back end of the West this in the past. So yeah, I mean, barring, barring a miracle um, or some reminder that Steph Curry is the kind of generational talent that we thought in Wiseman has this huge impact. Yeah. I mean, they're probably a back end of the West team and that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, if, if the difference between four and eight is like five or six games, then their ability to hit the ground running right when the season start really matters, you know, cause those right. games are going to start counting right from the outset. Um, this is only randomly related, uh, but I thought of it when you brought up Brooklyn, I really wanted your take uh, the, recently Kyrie, Mr. Controversy himself, who always has, you know, some random new way to do things instead of showing up to a media availability uh, provided like an email with three or four paragraphs about what he would have said. Did you see that? And if you did see it as a beat writer, did it piss you off? Like, is it okay if they just decide they're not going to show up for media availability and and just give you written responses? I didn't see that. Um, It doesn't shock me. Um, And I would be borderline insulted if a player did that. It's like (laughs) every question I'm going to ask you, um, you're basically going to just tell me that my job doesn't matter. Um, that you can, that you're so big time that you can come in and, and, uh, just say whatever your, is your little PR stick of the day and move on. Um, I don't, I love Kyrie as a player. I don't have a ton of respect for how he's handled media in the past. Uh, you remember, you remember Boston. He was not exactly the friendliest with with <laughs> Boston media, um, and I think he was a huge reason they had locker room issues um, his last season there. I keep um, waiting for him to expose the giant conspiracy that basketballs are actually flat um, and that all of us are idiots thinking it's round. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm actually – it'll be fascinating. I'm going to be following the Nets pretty closely this season. It'll be fascinating to see how that whole dynamic unfolds with Kyrie and a healthy Durant and all the other pieces they have. Um, you know, he, he kind of forced Atkinson out the door and then basically – and by he, I mean Kevin Durant – kind of forced Atkinson out the door and then basically handpicked Steve Nash, who's never coached before. Now he is Steve Nash. I think he could be a good coach, but it might be a lot of locker room dynamics for, for a first time coach to have to handle. Well, and then he said it's going to be a coach by committee, uh, which was, which was nice of him to add onto a brand new coach. So yeah, it's going to be exciting for a friend of the podcast, Kevin Durant. He is, you know, one of the few players who I've seen consistently undermine Steve Kerr. Um, that was always an interesting dynamic when Kevin Durant was with the Warriors was just his dynamic with, with Steve, you know, he would, there were so many times where he would make it very clear to media. Steve actually doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, I, I know more about basketball than Steve Kerr does. He would like, not, not in those words say that, but he would, uh, he would kind of imply that heavily. And it was always an interesting undertone. Um, and I think he actually has a history of doing that everywhere he's been. Um, <laughs> I miss Kevin Durant, but not all parts of the Kevin Durant era. 
I miss, yeah, yeah. If I'm a Warriors fan, I miss his ability to bail you out when the offensive possession goes awry. But uh, in terms of the other stuff, uh, I will say covering the team has actually been more enjoyable without him. Um, it's just been a better vibe in the locker room. That last year he was there was so tense and weird in so many ways. Yeah, um, we, we say that now, but fast forward in a few months, and if ESPN is right and we're 14th in the West – when we look back on the KD era, it's not going to be like, oh, but he was such a pain, or pain in the ass off the floor. We're all going to just, you know, God, I just wish he was still here. But hopefully that's not the uh, the door we end up going through at the end of this year. Um, so, Bram, uh, thank you so much for joining me. I guess my last question would just be um, looking ahead to the, the preseason opener on Saturday. What are what are you going to be watching for the most in, in terms of just – our first live action of this iteration of the Warriors together? Well, the, we've taken away half of the things I was excited for. Um, and so I'll focus on Kelly Oubre. I, I have, and, and who knows how much of this is just bald-faced optimism, but I've really talked myself into not only who Oubre is going to be this year, but who I think he might be able to be for the Warriors as we go forward. We're not going to get a sense of that probably really into like February or something when everybody has played with one another for a while and they've developed some chemistry. But if I had to pick one thing from the preseason opener, it's actually watching Ubre finally in a Golden State jersey and seeing what he does because we we were talking about Ubre before Clay. You know, we he was one of those TPE targets um, that we started identifying during the bubble. So now that it's finally happening and coming to fruition, I'm excited for it. I want to see what he can do. Yeah, it, it, I'm really excited to see that dynamic along the wing with him and Wiggins because uh, they're very similar players in a lot of ways. And so how do you, as a coach, maximize their potential without letting them infringe on each other? Because they do a lot of the same things. Uh, they both are re- really good rim cutters, rim runners, uh, they, they're, they're really good at, uh, running the floor on fast break, throwing down those acrobatic dunks in transition. Uh, they can both knock down the, the open three, but they're not great three point shooters. Yeah. Uh, they both have the length and athleticism to be really good defenders, but they haven't really proven it on a consistent basis. I think one of the most important things the Warriors need from them is just being legitimate go-to options on some of the highest scoring wings in the league. and um that would require them to play the best defense they've, they've played in their careers that's exactly and, and i'll give you one last abstract thing and i know we got to go um but there there are obvious or amazing incredible upsides to having a dynasty team in your life but there's some downsides too connor one of them is you get used to greatness you kind of take it for granted and if i'm being honest with you i did that during the five years that the warriors were run into the finals And right now, you know, after last year, and then also going through this pandemic, there's not a lot of greatness in my life. There's not things I really look forward to, to being able to to sit down and enjoy. Having Steph Curry back in my life, Connor, I'm looking forward to, you know, do I think that he's going to get huge minutes during a preseason or a preseason opener? No, you know, we'll be lucky if we get him for like eight to 10. But the concept of being able to enjoy Steph Curry as a basketball player again in my life. It's a really welcome one, man. Um, and it's something I'm looking forward to. Bram, thank you so much. Uh, where for joining me back on the podcast, just for our listeners who are silly enough to not already be listening to your podcast, where they can where can they find it? 
Congratulations on inviting us so far, but uh, if you want to check us out, the podcast is called Warriors Huddle. We are on uh, all apps and everything where you can find podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Apple, anything. Yeah, just search out Warriors Huddle and you'll find us. And if you want to follow us on social media, all I have is a Twitter account. That's at Warriors Huddle. And finally, if you think we did a terrible job today, let me know. Uh, we have an unprofessional Gmail account, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Our thanks to Bram Hilsman for joining me on the podcast. Always appreciate his Warriors insight. Warriors Off Court is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support Warriors Off Court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 